Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Burks, and welcome to the podcast, Dreams to Currency. Dreams to Currency is a podcast that's going to highlight everyday individuals like you and myself that have taken their passions and monetized them. From here, we're going to hear these individual stories, how they've impacted their communities, and more importantly, how they overcame their failures. I hope this podcast becomes something that you incorporate into your everyday lives and that you will get advice every time you hit play. So please subscribe and share. Dreams to Currency will be available on all platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Good afternoon, world. My name is Michael Burtz, and welcome to another episode of Dreams to Currency. Today, I have a very, very special guest. Um, this young man right here deserves no introduction, but you know I'm gonna give him one anyways because just his name is just that that well renowned right now in the NBA world. Um, his name is Altavius Carter. Carter is a former prep star college grad and now coach uh, for different player development organizations in the NBA. Um, I'm going to allow him to introduce himself so you can get to know him and really know more about what he does. Um, I'm going to give you an inside look from the other side, which Coach Carter, no pun intended. Hey, man, how you doing today, good brother? I'm good, man. You know, I like to first start this thing off with uh, saying thank you to you. You know what I'm saying? You know, whenever you call, I'm going to answer. I don't care if I'm in the middle of Alaska, on the other side of the country. When you call, you'll face that gator with me. So, you know, I'm going to deliver. So, whatever you need from me, I got you. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Appreciate that, good brother. That means a lot to me, man. That means a lot to me. Tell me a little about yourself, Tay. Well, not not even me, myself. Tell the world about yourself, I should say. I apologize. Let Give the world an inside view to uh, Tay Carter. And, you know, <clears throat> I was born and raised in Bell Glade, Florida, you know, small town in, in Florida, you know, north of Miami, because most people know Miami, Lauderdale, West Palm, when you hear about South Florida, but you know, Bell Glade is one of the two, one of the three cities out there that call the Muck City Tri Area uh, environment. But you know, grow, born and raised in Muck City, Bell Glade, like I said before, but ended up migrating to the coast, ended up moving to Wellington, where I really began playing basketball for real because in Bell Glade, you know, it's all about football, a little bit of track, but you know, it's football or nothing. Played a little bit of football, but I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you. I wasn't as elite as some of my, you know, friends and things like that, but basketball was kind of always my love. I just always kind of found found myself playing basketball. Even when we was playing football, I was a, couldn't nobody tell me I wasn't going to be a football star because that's all I knew. But in the fifth grade, I knew I had to get my game tight enough because going to the middle school next year, which was the only middle school in the city, I had to be one of the best sixth graders in order to make the team that year because we kept about 10 to 12 eighth graders two sixth graders, two seventh graders. That was, the, that was the makeup of our middle school team. And I ended up making the team my, my first year uh, at Lakeshore, my only year at Lakeshore Middle as well. But that's when my love kind of really grew, started to grow for the game. And then once we moved to West Palm, I became exposed to 
you know, different resources and environments with the game of basketball. Like, for instance, a rec center. We have a rec center in Bellevue. You know, we had the park, but we have a rec center. So being just having having the access to a rec center and being able to go to open gyms on the weekends and things like that, just to have a place to go play, was a, that was a huge uh, step for me. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, I wasn't I wasn't used to that. And you know, a lot of times, one thing a lot of people don't know is. I got cut from my middle school team when we first moved to Palm Beach. Wow. My seventh grade year, I got cut. I, a lot of people don't know. Now, I had two or three of my cousins went to school with me there, so they knew, but just a lot of people don't know. I got I got cut. And it wasn't so much that I, I couldn't play, but it's, you know, back then it's, it's politics. You know, I'm a new kid on the block. They don't know me like that. Cat who got cut the year before me, he back there. So, you know, he got the popularity over me and things and so forth. But I got cut, but just so happened God worked in my favor that that kid ended up doing something to get himself kicked off the team. Coach come find me like, hey, I want you to join the team. So I ended up, so I got lucky <laughs> to be on the team my seventh grade year, which was at Polo Park Middle in Wellington. And then my eighth grade year, I played and was pretty much the best player on the team. Me and another kid, uh, Chandler Morford, he was more offensively equipped. I was more defensively equipped, you know, blocking shots and stuff with my natural ability at that time. And I can score, but never had that aggression to score. You know, it was just something I could do if I needed to do. It ain't nothing I always just wanted to do. You know, I got my joy and excitement out of blocking shots. That's just, that was, that's what got me going. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? And it was that year, too, that, you know, basketball kind of took off for me because then I became introduced to uh, travel ball. You know what I'm saying? I ended up playing with the Wellington Wolves. And then something we can dive into a little deeper into the session. But, you know, playing for the Wellington Wolves for me was a gift and a curse because something else a lot of people don't know I share with them is I'm young for my, my classification, for my grade. You know, I'm class of 2009, but I'm, my birthday is September. I made the cutoff by, by a day. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So with us, with me and my mom going through that process, people thought they was looking out for us because of my age. But really hurt me because of my grades. So I ended up playing 13 and under that year when I should have been playing 14 and under because the 14 and under classification were eighth graders. So I started off playing travel ball pretty much with the seventh graders. And it was a gift and a curse. And like I said, we could dive deeper into it later because mm -hmm. that's where it started to open doors for me. I started being exposed to different level of players in different places around the world to be able to play and showcase my talent. And it put me in connection with people like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Tim Hardaway Sr., you know, playing against the Kelvin Hammond Warriors on that trial. You know, and then being able to join their team and be introduced to how y'all get down in Miami with as far as working out and, you know, getting yourself ready to play basketball. Like, going down there as 13-year-olds, <laughs> those guys training as if they in college. Yeah. And that stuff, it means a lot. It, it means a lot. But, you know, we'll, we'll dive deeper in that later on. And then, uh, in this interview session. Man, that's a story, bro. Like, I, I didn't even really know that deep, you know, how things ran for you um, in terms of getting your, your career started. So thank you for sharing that with myself and everybody else, man, because that's real. Um, for me, I, you know, caught wind of it. I don't know if anybody else did, but class of two, 2009 in Florida, boy, y'all was some bad boys, man. You know, I'm 2011. Oh, you know, I'm 2011 myself, but t touch on that a little bit before we deep in and go deeper into what the circuit was like 
you know, um, overall, you know, when I hear two, 2009, I'm thinking of, who was that? What, Raymond Taylor? Kenny uh, Boyd. Ken Boyd and y'all, y'all. Team Buckles, you know, you got And you got some other guys. You got Tate Irvin from BA. You got Kobe Bynes from BA. You got little Tyrone Davis from BA. You got Ed Waite from Pine. You know, I'm like a lot of that's that's like four or five guys from a lot of their lakes team down there. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And there's plenty more other cats that you know what I'm saying. We probably gonna forget the name, but just when you hear 2009 for me, gotta pay homage to the first two names that gonna come up is you know Kenny Bourne and Ray Taylor. Oh, you I'm know a, I'm gonna pay I'm pay homage to them guys. You know what I'm saying? But it, that's the thing, going back to what I was just touching on, though. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just named all those guys I was in the class with, right? But I didn't really see them cats till I got to the life, till, like, our 10th, our 10th uh, not 10th grade, till, like, our senior year. Because, once again, the programs I was a part of, they had me playing with my age versus with my grade. Mm-hmm. So, even though I could hang with them, I was always behind them. Because they had way more exposure. They was playing – against upper t- – they was playing upper level since they started hooping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to think back, too. I got in an accident just when I was starting to really pick up basketball in the ninth grade. I missed a whole year of basketball from recovering from a neck injury. I broke my neck in a car accident the day I was supposed – before I was supposed to play my first high school game as a freshman. Wow. So I always was behind. You see what I'm saying? Even though yeah. I could hang, I was always behind. Wow, you know what I'm saying, and that and that's something that you know. It, it once you know, I went through whatever I went through in college and all this and that. That's something that just always stuck with me. Was just like you know, and this is a nugget for people out there that's listening, that's dealing with prep kids or you know your child, nephew, whatever it may be, kid you coaching is. Kid has any type of talent, play them up. Don't don't do yourself a favor, especially if you're a coach by using this kid to gain you some wins that are not even going to matter five to ten years later. Correct. The kid can play, put him out there with the other kids that can play, let him measure his talent and go from there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, him or her, you know what I'm saying, whatever the gender may be. Excuse me. But back to the 2009 class, a little bit of this and that, like playing against those guys and even guys on a national level like Derek Favors and, you know, uh, Christian Wofford, guys that went to at, play for the Atlanta Celtics. And you had um, some uh, just a whole bunch of other cats we ran into on that Adidas circuit, man, when I played for the Florida Rams. And like you say, cats was hooping. That's all I'm going to say. Cats was hooping. Man, I don't, you know, the, we, we coming up on that age where, we, you know, we old heads now. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm, I'm okay with that. And I know you are too because we – we OGs now. We were raised by OGs. You know, that's where you get most of your game from. But I think it's a lot of disconnect, you know, with this new generation with those who, who, who came before them. You know, we see we just – I had to pay homage to you. I'm 2011. And, you know, when I got on the circuit, you know, I heard your name. You know what I mean? So it, right. it, was, it was just like, boy, like it, it's real killers out here. And you were a dog, you know, even in spite of your adversities. You know what I mean? You kept going and going. And it led to, you know, something that is really profound. And a lot of people, again, may not know, but, you know, Carter was committed to University of Florida. You know what I mean? So, and they just don't hand out offers. Uh, was that was that around Billy Donovan's regime when he was still there? Or who, who came in? 
Yeah, now we they didn't they never offered, but they was highly interested at an early okay. age. So it was okay. it was Baylor that offered me. And I, okay. I never committed, you know, because during that time I just uh I ain't know no better, man. You know what I'm saying? It was just me and my mom going through that process, you know, and we ain't know, you know, we ain't know but what was the but, challenges but from Sorry for cutting you off. What was the challenge? No, you good. No, the, the challenges from that is just when you're the first one to do it in your family, just a lot you don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it's okay, these coaches calling, these coaches sending letters, they doing all this and all of that, but you really don't know who's really interested. You really don't know what's the interest level. You know what I'm saying? So the challenges from that was, you know, you think you have a school that you, you know, have some serious interest in you or maybe want to offer you, but truth be told, if you're not on their top five list and that'll, you'll never know what, where you stand on their list unless they blowing up your phone or whoever in your immediate circle of phone, you won't know. So the challenges was just not really understanding the recruiting process as a whole. Like okay. knowing if a school really wants you or not like, just because they send a letter to the school or to the house don't mean they want you. Now if they calling, you, your mama, your daddy, whoever, your coach, AAU coach, there's some interest there. They come into your games every time it's a live period, that's interest. But because they sent a letter, sent a little, uh, sent a little laminated paper in the mail telling you where they rank in their conference or something like this and that, that don't always mean they want you, man. Yeah, and I, 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 I agree to that as well because I was first in the fam, you know what I mean, to, to yeah. make that jump as well. So I'm, I'm definitely agreeing with you, you know, and that difference between interest and uh, actually getting that offer. I know, you know, being a young boy, you know, you get hyped, your coach, you know, after practice, <laughs> telling you mm -hmm. to come to the office and, you know, you yeah. get in a little bag. But yeah. I, I was always, you know, aware a little bit of, okay, you know, from the people, again, the OGs who schooled me, they was like, okay, you know, you if you're just getting the, the letters that's just being printed um, versus, you know, handwritten. Handwritten, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how you know you spot the love right right off the bat. If, if it's just printed, mm -hmm. that means everybody getting them. But if it's handwritten, right. you know it, it, it may not mean an offer coming, but at least it's it's some some genuine love there. They, yeah, they know about you. They really know about you. <laughs> yeah, they really know about you, man. That so, that recruiting stuff tr tricky, man. It, it it traumatized me, man, because you got to understand. Like I said, I set out my first year high school basketball and. I was even approached with the, with the uh, idea of being reclassified. But, you know, back when we was in school, if you ain't have no ODs and nobody really explaining that process to you, you saw it as staying back. <laughs> that, you know, yep. at the crib, you can't stay back. People, pick, you know how it goes. He dumb and this and that. So I was like, no, nah, I ain't staying back. <laughs> that was my first thought. And then my second one was like, Okay, I got three years to work with. I'm just that's gonna push me to work just as hard to get whatever I whatever it is I'm trying to get in three years. And that's the mindset I took with it was time for me to do my physical therapy and get back on the court and so forth like that and do things. And like you said, I was I was beyond honored that people even knew who I was when I was getting letters my at the beginning of my tenth grade year. You know what I'm saying? And my and like I said, my my process was just difficult and confusing and frustrating because I started out high. You know what I'm saying? My first letters are from University of Florida, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Baylor, 
uh, Clemson, just a bunch of schools at the top, at, at, you know, in those Power Five conferences. And then, you know, it came down to the mid-major interest from uh, FAU, um, VCU, FIU, uh, Old Dominion, you know, just all over. My interest level was all over, George Washington. And then, you know, I come into my 11th grade year, have a decent 10th grade year, you know, make it to the state, uh, state final four, so forth. And, have, you know, like you said, had a decent year first, first team mile county, all state selection, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm thinking things about to blow up. And I actually go to UF elite camp that summer, Florida State elite camp that summer, VCU elite camp that summer, on top of attending their team camp with my teams and things and so forth like that. And then, I, you know, I get into the new school year, going into my junior year, and, you know, it's still a heavy interest. Nobody, none of that stuff is really turned into offers. Baylor ended up offering right before my junior year. Okay. And so I'm dealing with, I'm still getting all these letters. Like we said, now it's Kansas State sending letters. Now it's Colorado sending letters, you know, this and that, but nobody talking nothing. So right, you know right. what to think. So I played my junior year. <laughs> Once again, make it to the state championship game. Don't don't get the job done, but another pretty much successful year on paper. First team, all uh, county, another all state selection. Playing with uh, who did I play with that year? Florida Rams. I want to say play with the Adidas Florida Rams. So I'm on the Adidas circuit. Had a solid showing, you know, none too crazy, but. And nobody knocking this door down saying we want to offer. So here I am, like, okay, my numbers are there. What am I doing wrong? You know what I'm saying? What What is it I'm not doing to show y'all that I'm not worthy of a scholarship? I mean, at the end of the day, I would be honest, like, I don't know what one thing I did exceptionally well. I just played basketball. I just knew how to win. You know what I'm saying? I knew. I, me on the floor, you got a chance to win. I mm. can score a little bit. I could play some defense. I just was a cat that did a little bit of everything. And okay. that's crazy that they <laughs> it was counted against you at that time. And I'm going to go on the record and say it because at that time, being able to do a little bit of everything, you were classified as a tweener. Yes, sir. <laughs> And for a tweener for some of you guys out there listening, is they don't know if basically you are a wing or a forward. <laughs> they say they don't know where to play you. If I'm a coach, that's a good thing. Because get what? I could play you at multiple positions. <laughs> I could yep. play you at multiple lineups. You know what I'm saying? And I just never really had anyone, like you say, going through that process with just me and my mom, I never really had anyone to – communicate that that terminology to me that you know that that classification that stipulation that they labeled me as you know never really had no one to say well you might need to look at a at a school in the Missouri Valley like Missouri State was on me going into my senior year and I always tell people that's probably the school I should have went to because knowing what I know now I I see myself as a solid mid-major player just with my capabilities and what I was able to do at that time I saw myself as a solid mid-major player where you can get away with being a tweener. You know what I'm saying? You go to a conference where you can get away with being that guy that, you know, I'm not sure if he's the three. Uh, He's more, 
you know, he's maybe more of a four right now that can develop into a three by the time he graduates. And you can get away with that at a level because guys are not as big as they might be at that four spot than they will be in the ACC or SEC, something like that. But, hey, you live and you learn. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, you know, God took me through that stuff so that I could be the sacrificial lamb for the guys behind me. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, once I went through all of that, I always told myself, which kind of leads up to why I wanted to coach is I just was a firm believer in that my story should have to repeat itself if I had any control over it because I've already been through it. So why would I let anyone else go through the things I went through with recruiting? Now I'm more educated and more equipped with helping the next person with their recruitment because I have went through everything I went through with it and I've endured everything I endured with it. And like I said, at first, yeah, I was frustrated. I was like, what kid wouldn't be frustrated? You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at cats that Y'all saying I'm supposed to be this type of player, that type of player back then. If we talk about rankings and all of that, then can't get a scooter off of me. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? Say that again. So, yeah, I don't think the young, the young cats heard you, man. Rankings don't mean nothing. <laughs> nothing. Don't mean a thing. Because it, it was guys that was not ranked, not on rivals, not on scout at the time. And they were getting Division One scholarships. So that was the eye-opener for me. Like, it don't mean nothing. <laughs> I got all this, and them people still ain't coming to see me. <laughs> yeah. They talking, but they ain't coming. I don't see them through the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you said, you live and you learn, man. And you just, like you said, Angel, as my part in giving back, I just try to help whoever I can with whatever questions or, you know, concerns they may have when they're dealing with recruitment, man. Yes, sir. No, that's good stuff. I, I, like I said, you know, we, we share a lot in common, man. And it's crazy. You know, we from do two separate parts of Florida, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I had that same experience, you know, I was a tweener as well. That's why, you know, I, I kind of, um, had to reevaluate, you know, my skill set, And that's also something that we, we good at and we, you know, we're doing that we did early. You know, a lot of people right. can't self-evaluate. They too busy. Oh man, it's my coach fault. You know, it's it's uh my AAU coach fault. You know what I'm saying? So that's good. So I'm gonna lead into this because just hearing your journey and the adversity and the constant, you know, <laughs> the constant battles that you went through. You know, are you doing what you envisioned you would be doing after college? I know it maybe playing pro ball was the was the goal, but did you have like a plan B? Yeah, so my, my plan A, like most of us, was to, you know, play professionally, you know what I'm saying? But my plan B, so to answer your question first is, yes, I'm doing what I envisioned to do, but not to the extent. I didn't plan it to be at the extent that I was graced with. So my plan B was to become a high school teacher. I was gonna become a, I was gonna become a history teacher and I was thinking about starting my own AAU program back in the Palm Beach County area, focused more on that West area where I grew up at, you know, Bell Glade, Hopi, South Bay, because there are guys and gals out there that like the sport basketball, but nobody's never really made it in basketball. So it's the hope it's not having any hope for the hopeless. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to come and provide that hope for the hopeless and, you know, pick them up, put them in places where they can be seen and evaluated and, you know, let their game do the talking. But I um I was I was blessed with an opportunity to coach at my uh alma mater, Santa Fe College, and 
things just went up from there. Hey, we got a common denominator there too, boy. You know, um, you were able and fortunate to to guide my little brother, man. Shout out to T.Y., man. You know, you've been instrumental in his life. So sort of the go, go again to tag on what you said earlier, being a sacrificial lamb. You know, he's also a tweener, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you were able to give him, you know, solid ground to, to know, okay, what he should be doing and what he should not be doing. And that's why he currently succeeding know what he's doing so i appreciate you for that bro for real for real i want to have nah, that on record it's that's all funny. good <laughs> <laughs> no nah, it's, it's all good man yeah you know ty, ty was great to work with man i appreciate him and you know he he challenged me for the simple fact man, that i saw a lot of me in him you know what i'm saying guy that you know could do a little bit of everything but just wasn't aggressive enough offensively you know what i'm saying and that just that's okay you know what i'm saying that that, that that's okay and Ty, Ty just had a motor, and he was willing to be successful. And he was our, he was our utility man. He did a little bit of everything. Like, and I say, I go on the record and say this, and he probably gonna bookmark it and save it for the rest of his life. But what I'm about to say was, Ty was probably well. Ty on paper, he was better than me at Santa Fe. I'll say that. But Ty was more skilled than me during his time at Santa Fe, which also made him a unique talent. But the thing that what what separated us was our shooting ability. Like had Ty could shoot it just as good as I could, even though things worked out great for him, regardless of what he's been through and all that, but he would have been able to accomplish that one goal of his to play division one basketball. I second he really that. would. I second that. Uh, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say one more. I think we probably would have been uh, in New York, me and you, uh, <laughs> if Corona won here, if he, if he had that in his game, which he's – if he had that in his game early, I think now, you know, he's understanding that, you know, mm-hmm. what his deficiencies are. And, you know, it, it takes time. You know what I'm saying? So Take time, man. Yeah. Take time. You know, we, we young and stubborn, man. We want to believe what we what we want to believe. Because <laughs> all we know is we just want to be great. We don't want to hear about what's best for us or – what we can and can't do, because if you tell us something we can't do, guess what? We're trying to do that to show you that we can do that. But sometimes it's just you can't do everything. And there ain't so much that you can't do everything. Is once the more you play, the more you mature is you don't need to do everything. <laughs> That's why it's a team. <laughs> Everybody Amen. has their value and their asset that they bring to the table for the greater good of the team. Yes, sir. Man. So that jump from Santa Fe to where you are now is incredible, bro. I just want to say that. I mean, I, it's rare that you see such a jump, you know, happen so fast for a young man or a young woman in their career. Um, you So far, you, you work for the Magic, uh, the Indiana Pacers, um, and, the Memf- and, Memf- and the Memphis Grizzlies. What is it like being on that other side of, you know, working for an NBA franchise. I know all of us, of course, you know, we want to be on the court, but now we on the, you on the back end of it, you on the outside of the lines. Tell the, tell the world what that, that's like, man. Well, you forgot the first stop. You forgot the Dallas Mavericks. That's who opened Sorry. the door for the kid. That's, <laughs> yes, sir. That's who opened the door for the kid. Yes, sir. Yeah. Go, go ahead, but, man. Let me sit back. You, you, you <laughs> anybody. Get, 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 get right, 
Yeah, but nah, it is definitely, man. How do I want to word this? Because I want to make sure I say it correctly. I mean, there's no other word for it. Let me not even try to dress it up. It's just a truly a blessing because not every day you have access to the world's greatest athletes, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you can't you can't go in there and ah. Oh. Now sometimes you're gonna catch yourself and ah oh, when they going through certain moves or doing certain things on the court because you're gonna be like, how was they able to do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just certain stuff you can't even put a piece to the puzzle to it just happens but to to get to Dallas that first year with no aspirations of ever working in the NBA it was more so of an internship that I saw on hoopdirt.com that was a player development internship and I just saw it as a way for me to learn from the best of the best with you know being having a chance to work for an NBA organization and learn you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be better at what it was I was currently doing at Santa Fe. Because I gave myself like a three-year timeline at Santa Fe. First year, no, I didn't want, you know, I knew I wanted to coach, but didn't suspect it to be at that level, at the collegiate level. So I get there, love it. Okay, my first year, my learning year. Hmm. My second year was going to be my groundwork, my work year as far as, you know, asking Coach Moore for more scouts, you know, asking him for more, you know, responsibilities with, our offense and defensive schemes and things and so forth like that. You know what I'm saying? And then it was like now he had, you know, he granted me a little bit of responsibility piece by piece that year. Like I missed our first game of the season in, in Santa Fe because he put me on the road to go scout. Advanced scouting is what we were calling it in the league, but it was to go scout our ne- our two next opponents coming up. And mind you, no experience whatsoever with diagramming, none of that. We lost that second game, <laughs> and it probably had a lot to do with me, being, you know, not, <laughs> not having the right stuff, you know, written the, the plays, drawing up, and all that. But just that level of respect and just that that uh, that mentorship of hey, I get your feet wet somewhere, you gotta get your hands dirty. There's no other way to learn if you don't you don't get the experience. But you know, so just going through those things that year, you know, and allowing me to work with the players once the season was over in the off-season mode and things and so forth like that, I knew personally I needed to become more organized and have a better uh, idea of what it was I was working with these players on, and not just doing stuff because that's what I wanted to do, or not just doing something because I seen it in an NBA game the night before, or, you know, so forth like that. So I thought it would be no better place to learn it from a winning NBA organization. And so I applied for that job online, which be the first to tell y'all, that's the only NBA job as far as trying to get into coaching you'll ever see posted online. And they actually, you know, check the, the applications and things and so forth like that. So I went through that, that process, ended up getting hired. And like you say, just being able to be in that building every day with guys like, Dirk Nowitzki, Harrison Barnes, Devin Harris, uh, J.J. Burrell, and the list goes on. And like you say, Rick Carlisle, just being the tactician that he is. Every day and just to see how practices are structured, how pre-game, pre-practice workouts, post-practice workouts, pre-game shooting routines, just to see all the things that takes place before a game is even played were just phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? It was mind-blowing because if you're not there, if you're not exposed to that, you have no clue what goes on. I agree. I second that. Seven, seven, 
yeah, seven o'clock, seven thirty game. Your rookies are at the gym no later than four o'clock. Shooting slot four fifteen, four thirty. What kids you know be at the gym three hours before their game? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you know that 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 type of stuff was just it was mind blowing. And the 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 greatest thing about the NBA, man, to be honest with you, from a coaching standpoint, is it's just strictly basketball. You got to do no class checks. You don't have to be watching your your clock and making sure you're not you know exceeding the time frames that you have, but that you're allowed to be on the court. And, you, know, <laughs> you know to have contact with the players. It's just it's basketball. And you know, and that's what make that's what makes it you know beautiful because you got guys who are straight gym rats. Some want to get there early in the morning. Some want to go late at night. Some don't want to leave. Got to kick them out. Hey man, go home. <laughs> Get off your feet. You know what I'm saying? We got two days tomorrow when it's in training camp. But hey, we got we got a, we got a back to back coming up. Get off your feet. You know things and so forth like that. So it just being basketball, man, is gonna get no better than that. Beautiful thing, man. I'm, I'm I love the game and I'm thankful for the game. And I and I hear that in your voice, man, when you describe you know being a part of these organizations now. Um, and I know a lot of kids, you know, hearing us talk, you know, they probably would have never thought that one, uh, you could have a job outside of just being an actual player. And then two, you know, they've never been exposed to to the insides and inner workings of what it's like to be an NBA player, as you said, um, you know, that structure. I think that's what a lot of young players miss early on and I think the the ones that always make that jump to being you know not only just pros but pros that have long careers are the people who have that structure early on and I try to preach that to my clients now as an agent so you you hit on that but I want to know from you you know equally important you know as it is to know what's the right thing to do is also, like I said, equally important to know what not to do. What is the biggest mistakes you see from players, you know, making this jump to the NBA, man? You, you know, you work hand in hand with them. Well, what, what's some mistakes that you can give the young guys or, or the young girls, you know, that want to make, make it to the NBA or WNBA? I mean, the biggest thing is we're not going to even go too much in it. I'm going to say the biggest thing is just arriving before their time. Hmm. And what I mean by arriving before that time is because just because you hear your name called on draft night or just because your phone rings once the draft is over, you're an undrafted guy and you got a multi-year deal and this and that. All the work you put in to get that phone call or to get that acknowledgement, you have to continue it. You actually have to take it up a notch or two. It doesn't stop there. And uh, you, you see a lot of guys sometimes, man, they they get caught up in, I'm here. I've made it. <laughs> no. You just arrived. You haven't done anything yet. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is don't get caught up in just trying to get there. Get there. And then once you get there, do everything that's necessary to stay there. Taking care of your body. Staying crisp on your game. Watching the company you keep, 
you know, just learning how to be a pro. I always tell the young guys, watch, watch the pro, watch the vets on your team. Take, take, sit back and just take, take a look at how your vets work. Cause that'll tell you everything you need to know. Like guy like Justin Holiday, for example, journeyman. You didn't hear his name called. Went to the G League, went overseas. He's entering his seventh, eighth year in the league right now. Not sure, don't quote me on that, but he's made a career for himself as an NBA player. Why? Because he watched the company he keep, watched what he puts into his body, go hard every single day. He don't take a day off. He don't take a day for granted because he knew his journey. He, he remembered those, those, those pains and, and that heartaches from his journey, from being cut from a training camp roster. You know what I'm saying? From having to go cross seas when you know you belonged in the NBA, but you got to go and prove yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, and it ain't for everybody to have that hunger, but I will tell you, if this way you're trying to be, and this way you're trying to stay, you got to find something that motivates you or drives you. Because if you don't, you'll be out before you can even get in. Hey, man, it's one thing. Hey, I'm going to tell you just like this. Whoever listening, you know, whether you even even down to, to being professionals like us in this sports business, it's one thing to get here and another thing to stay here. You heard it, you know, from, from Tay's own mouth just now, man. Like, you know, you, you got to – it's a grind. Like, it is a grind. I mean, every day, every night. I mean, of course, you know, I know you you take time off yourself, you know, just to get away, but I'm always thinking about basketball or, or All right. <laughs> or all right. How I, no man. <laughs> listen, man. My fiance get on me all the time about it in the most <laughs> slightest way, because she know ball is literally life. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember one time, man, we, we, we took a trip to uh Puerto Rico. We had the we had the restaurant. And I'm watching the Puerto, they got the Puerto Rican League on, on TV. I'm locked in. <laughs> uh, I'm locked in. So, yeah, I mean, it just, and I mean, when, you, when you're serious about what you do or when you love what you do, it just comes natural. You can just find yourself researching or looking up, so just finding ways to be better. Like, you just, you're hungry. You, you crave it. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you, you're not complacent with where you are because you just, you're so hungry and ambitious to get to where you're trying to go. Yes, sir. Um, I want to ask you this, man. What's the most rewarding thing, you know, you get from this overall experience coaching and being hands-on with these guys? Success, man. Just seeing those guys become successful, whether it's on the court or off. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was at the collegiate level, you know, having a chance to work with Ty and those guys that one year, like, the most reward thing for me that year was those guys to obviously move on from Santa Fe and go to four-year schools and finish up. But, you know, aside from that, getting their degrees or, you know, have one or two guys become fathers or being present in their, in their child's lives, you know, things and so forth like that, knowing that, you know, basketball was coming to an end for them and, you know, these guys decided to graduate and get jobs you know, things like that. And then just far in the league, just working with, you know, I, I work a lot with a lot of low minute guys or guys who don't get a lot of time and stuff like that. So seeing when a guy gets a minute or two in a game and 
you know, works do does something correct in the game that we've been working on for months, whether it's simply as closing out with a high hand, you know what I'm saying, uh, making sure you box out on a shot, or this uh, a shooter, hey, in the transition he filled that corner, you know, little, little games like that, and then for guys who you know who work their tails off and get everything that they deserve, whether it's monetary or just Absolute success, man. Just seeing these guys successful and to be put in this and to be put in a position to be successful for not only them but for their families and, and their surroundings too. Amazing right there, man. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And what is what would you say your confidence comes from? I know a lot of times, you know, we're scared to to maybe send that application in because you know, we automatically think we're not gonna get it. Or, you know, as a player, we scared to uh, make the make the correct play because we're thinking about oh is coach gonna take me out? What did you say? What would you say your confidence came come from? Confidence just comes from from my background, man. It comes from all the adversity I faced to get to where I am first and foremost, and then it just comes from like you say me not taking the opportunities that I felt like I should have taken as a younger me and as a younger player. So it's just like hey, the worst thing they can tell you is no, and just when you when you do your work more so like your homework, your research, whatever it is to prepare for whatever it is you're trying to obtain and go get. If you've done the work, it's nothing to be afraid of, man. Because you've done your work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if it doesn't work out, you know, yeah. don't be afraid to ask for feedback. Like, I've been up for jobs that I thought I was going to get and not in a, in a, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not in a boastful way. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't being cocky or anything. I just felt that I prepared myself for that opportunity that was presented and then work out in my favor. And almost every time something hasn't worked out in my favor, I always ask people, hey, just for my personal benefit and for my personal improvement, what was it that, you know, caused me not to land this gig or what is it do you feel I need to focus more on or work on to become better because I'm, I am hungry for improvement. I'm hungry for knowledge. I'm never going to be satisfied with where I am because I know there's something else out there for me to obtain in, in, uh, in reference to knowledge. And I think, man, would you say that comes from your sport with just hooping or, or just being an athlete overall? Cause I share that same, hunger man like I I feel like you know I'm a life learner I tell people I'm a life learner you know it ain't even got to be just you know sports agent stuff you know I'm trying to learn I try to learn something new every day because I want to improve on my craft would you say it come, comes from playing a game or or just just a natural thing that you are already had I think both, man. I think I think sports uh, teaches us to have that edge, you know, whether we realize it or not. I think it definitely comes from that edge because I don't know too many people that like losing or enjoys the feeling of a loss. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think it starts from there. And then it just it's your it's your family beliefs, it's your culture, it's your upbringing. You know, it's all of that stuff, man. It just and it comes down to you too. What do you truly believe in, and how do you truly value yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like what you stand for at the end of the day. Like me, always, I remember people asked me when I was in like first grade, what you want to do when you grow up? Successful African-American. Wow. I didn't really have a, I ain't have a set 
field or nothing I wanted to work in. Yeah, like I said, I wanted to be a football player because that's what I knew. That's what I was exposed to. But in a day, I want to be a successful African American. So just wow. as bad as I want to be successful, I know I got to put in the work to make that dream come true. Mm. You know, so that that's the th- that's the thing that drives me is I know, I know where I come from, I know what what I want, and I know what I don't want. And once you know that, then you know what you can and cannot settle for. You got to go get it. Man, that's to to even think like that early on is crazy to me. Say like that, most people not doing that. You know, I think. Now these days, what 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 would be a dream? Or oh, I want to be a, a a social media influencer. Not saying that right. There's anything wrong with that. <laughs> right, but right, for sure. To not to to not even want to put a designated thing on it. You just wanted to be successful, African American. Right. You just wanted to be a successful African American. It's crazy, you know, to be that far ahead at that age, man. So, bro, I'm gonna say it right now. Again, I know you gonna. <laughs> not think so but i think you got your goal man i mean it's more work to be done but you successful bro like you, you you're doing it i mean obviously more blessings to you because they're gonna come but you on your way man <laughs> and i appreciate it you already know i ain't in the business to talk about myself but i appreciate it hey i'm gonna give you your flowers like while you're here that's what i said you know we gonna you know Look out for these young these young kids and you know them coming up, you know, because we we're ahead of them, so we gotta pass the torch. So I want to you you always always gotta put put, reach that hand back, man. You always gotta reach that hand back. You ain't never big for nobody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Never never too big for anyone because guess what? In order for us to get to where we are, we was once knocking at that door to somebody above us trying to get in and just trying to see what just trying to get that knowledge we can get to get to where it is we were trying to go. So that's why you always got to reach that hand back. Amen. So what would be some advice, you know, for the next person up that you would give? As far as trying to be an athlete or trying to take the route that I'm currently on? Uh, Let's do the, the route that you currently on. You know, I think that's the main point of emphasis, you know, overall of what you talked about. So if they wanted to be, you know, a player development coach, you know what I mean? What, what, what route should they take? The first route is just being around whatever sport it is they wish to obtain, obtain that goal in, whether you want to be a football coach, lacrosse coach, soccer coach, you know, stu- study some of, the, some of the great coaches that's come before you, study some of the people that are near you that, you know, you may be able to reach, you know, try to seek mentorship from them, try to pick their brain as much as they allow you to, and just uh, network. Try your best to, to network. I know that's not something easy to do, but just start picking people's brains and start seeking uh, employment opportunities, whether it's at a high school level. You know, if you're a player, if you feel like you're in college and, you know, coaching may be something you're interested in, coming up on end of your junior year, you don't think you're going to have a chance to play pro after your senior year. You're just focusing on graduating kind of getting in the real world as far as finding a job, you know, start emailing some people or actually go have a conversation with your head coach, you know, tell them what you're thinking about doing because you never know who knows who. You know mm. what I'm saying? And get, in con- and get in contact with people. And like you say, as far as this level, I'll be completely honest with you. If you ever 
consider if you're ever considering to try to work in the NBA, the entry level job that I've noticed would be a video be a video coordinator internship. You know, trying to get in that video room and learn the grunt work of what it is to be a part of an NBA staff and you know the things that, that goes into making the staff run and you know to put in the work put into you know having a successful season. Uh, that that's where it starts there and then you know like you say be be a good person before all of that by the way you know be someone someone wants to work around be someone that someone's willing to vouch for because that's huge because if no one can vouch for you you're in trouble out here and that's just not in the basketball world that's a life lesson there always value your character before anything else because at the end of the day you are an asset to somebody's fortune 500 company that you're trying to get to so treat yourself like it. Got to ask. You got to got to be able to look in the mirror and say, "Well, I vouch for me," and not because of me, but if I come to someone trying to get a job, why why would they speak on my behalf? And that that's pretty much it. At least that's the that's the that's the starting foundation of it. Man, y'all heard it from the OG himself, man. Your name is all you got. You know, be a life learner and network. I mean, I, that's that's instrumental right there. You you hit that right on the head. I don't, that that needs no further elaboration. So you you did that, man. I know you probably gonna have a few people, you know, hitting you up um, <laughs> after this interview. <laughs> I'd rather them do it now before you know you get too big and you know you people can't get get in contact with you. So <laughs> if you mind mm-hmm. sharing. Uh, at all, you know, how can people get connected with you? What's the best way to do it? You know, outside of just uh, you know, giving out your personal line, you don't got to do that. But well, what's one way? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter, so I, at at Tay Carter Four is my handle. T A E C A R T E R Four, and I think that's my same handle on Instagram. Don't don't laugh at me, but that's just how I am. But between Twitter and Instagram, you know, follow me direct message me however i can help you i don't have a problem sincerely man there y'all go man y'all heard it from straight from the horse's mouth man appreciate you coach carter like i said no pun intended i know Ed, that's a good movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i might be the sequel man they might have to make the sequel hey come. let them know tell them tighten up man you gonna get it man i wish you all the best bro I appreciate you. I I appreciate you, man. You be safe out there. Holla if you need me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.